Hello and welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast. As you listen to this message, I pray that you're built up, encouraged through God's Word, and I pray that His Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the way that you should go. I pray that He gives you answers for your questions, healing and help for your life. Most importantly, I pray that this Word helps you to become more like Jesus and a greater influence for Him in our church and in your world. Now, let's grow together. Enjoy the message. Good morning, good morning. Um, how many of you were not here last week? You were not here for service. Okay, well, fantastic. You are welcome to the new home. I hope you didn't go to the other place because we, we, we gave plenty of announcements, tried to communicate it the best we could. Uh, but hey, once again, can we just give God glory for opening this door to be here in this new season? Uh, remember that we continue to believe God for our own home. We're continuing to believe God for our home. So as, as we steward this season, uh, as you continue to give, as we continue to serve our city, as we continue to disciple people and raise leaders and help people grow, we're still in the process of believing God to open that door for us, right? Right now, we're focused on his business. I'm not consumed, nor is our team, with, with the building. We have a realtor who's helping us. We're looking around the city. But our focus is God and his people, God will open this door for us when the time is right. For us, we're going to keep focusing, keep saving money, keep being good stewards of our resources, and just trust God to open the door, okay? So um, let's jump into the Word this morning. Um, I'm passionate about what I'm talking about tonight because it's been a huge part of my journey in following the Lord uh, 20 plus years, 25 years. And um, I wanted to jump at this today to kind of help maybe break apart some things um, that I think culture puts on us when it comes to our relationship with God. Uh, things that are influenced just unintentionally by being a part of Western culture or being a part of um, families or friends where we're all trying to achieve something or build something, which is great to be around. Uh, but I believe that there are some things that affect our relationship with God so deeply. And I kind of want to unpack this and just break this down a little bit today. And let me start uh, by, by saying this. When, when we're making big decisions, when we're taking serious risks in life, when we're working to build a life or rebuild a life, when we're working to build a family or rebuild a family, when we're working to build a business or a ministry or rebuild a business or ministry, um, there are often times where we find ourselves listening to someone else's story so that we can get clarity on our own, Right? Whenever you're going through one of the hardest things in your life, you start looking, right, on the internet for people who have gone through this. Uh, you start talking to friends who may have gone through this. When you're trying to buy a home, uh, when you can't get the loan, when you can't get the job, you start reaching out to people. You start reaching out to other people about their experiences and about what they've been through. Now, so much of that is good because the Bible tells us we're supposed to seek wisdom. We're supposed to seek counsel. We're supposed to be people who are, are after God's best. But at the same time, we're supposed to be people who hear his voice. And how many of you know that sometimes people have a voice and it's not God's voice? <laughs> it's everything but God's voice. It's not faith-filled. It's fear-filled. Um, it, it's just different, okay? And all of that, again, is good to a degree when we're looking for someone else's input on our journey, on our direction, on what we're supposed to be doing. But here's the question I want to I pose this morning. What if God 
wants to do something different with you and your journey? What if God says, yes, it's good that you hear their story and their process and how they went through that and what they got through, but what if your journey is just going to be different? What if your journey is just going to be as unique as your fingerprint? What if your ministry is going to be different? What if your business is just going to be different? Yes, there'll be some similarities in family, in marriage, in business. There'll be some core foundational things that are absolutely consistent. But what if some of the specifics that you're actually looking for can't be answered by people or by an internet article, but by God himself? In the secret place where God will say things to you or tell you things that give you direction on where to go next, what to do next, how to respond how to love. You ever tried to love somebody so hard that you need God to help you love them? <laughs> I want to love them, but God, you've got to help me with this. And he says, remember how I loved you. See, what if God is simply trying to get you to respond to him with faith and trust and obedience from what he's telling you instead of possibly just going with what so-and-so did because that worked for them. See, that's the challenge. When we find somebody else's success, it worked for them. But what if it doesn't work for you? What if it doesn't work for us? What if it doesn't? I mean, I, I listen to wisdom all the time. I I I'm passionate about wisdom. I'm always seeking wisdom. The wisdom of God, the wisdom of the scriptures, the wisdom of anything I can learn regarding wisdom, which is fantastic. But there are some things I've learned in my life that God wants to say to me and just to me about me, about the journey, about the season. See, part of the reason I think we don't like to go to God for things and we'd rather go to people is we really like success and we don't like failure. Like, nobody gets up and says, you know what, man, I'm praying for an incredible year of failure. Happy New Year. Nobody says that. We want success in every era of, area of our life. Everything we put our hand to, everything we set our sights on, everything we're praying about, everything we're reaching for, everything we're building, everything we're strategizing about, everything we're talking to people about and having conversations about. We want success. We want success. We want to achieve, which is fantastic, but sometimes Failure is just as much a teacher as success. And here's the crazy thing. God is just as much in failure as he is success. In our lowest points, in the places we've screwed up the most, God does not love us less. That's hard to fathom. Because in a world where everything is rewarded based on how good you are and how much you achieve, to comprehend God's love that is so deep, so almost unfathomable that he loves me the same when I'm at my best, but just as much when I'm at my worst. That's hard to digest. Maybe God is not trying to get you to make a decision about something, but instead respond to his invitation. His invitation of what he has next. That's what I want to talk about this morning, your next invitation. I want to go to 2 Timothy 1.9. I'm talking about your next 
invitation. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. This is his son in the faith. This is someone he's raised. And he's trying to encourage Timothy on how he should live and and how he should think. And just before this, this verse, Paul spends some time just encouraging him and saying, hey, I've seen some amazing things in you, the same as I saw in your mother and in your grandmother. I see this incredible faith in you. He's saying, I see this spiritual DNA that's been passed down that you've grabbed a hold of. And he encourages Timothy, hey, I want you to fan the flame of this thing. Don't let it die. Keep this thing burning. Keep this thing hot. There's a reason God put this in you. And he's affirming that. And then he goes on to tell him this, for God saved us and he called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. Let me read that first part one more time. For God saved us and called us. You could replace that word us with the word me. For God saved me and called me to live a holy life. God didn't just save you, he called you. God didn't just save me, he called me. God doesn't just save your kids, he calls your kids. God doesn't just save your marriage, he calls your marriage. And he calls it to holiness. He calls it to a holy life, right? And in the New Testament, um, especially in the New Testament epistles, these, this word that's used for called literally means to be called by God. A, a, a better definition is to be summoned or invited. Think about this, that, that you have been saved by God and summoned by God. Ever get a summons <laughs> from the court? <laughs> Some of you laughed and you're like, yeah. You've been summoned. You, you have to respond to the summons. It's an invitation. And so this word when he's saying God has saved us, he's invited us to this holy life. God has not just saved you, he's invited you to something. He's not just saved you, he's invited you. See, see when I can, I can look back now and realize that when God saved me, he was not just saving me from this destruction, path of destruction that I was on in this darkness. He was actually calling me into something that I didn't even have a clue how broad it was, how deep it was, how long it would be, the, the, the extension of how long it would be time-wise of how long God would take to do things in me, right? There are some things I prayed about that God just finished up about five years ago that I started praying 20 years ago because he was inviting me into a process. See, for us as Americans, it's like we want it done. We want it accomplished. We want to achieve it. We want to check the box and say, it's finished. God's saying, I'm inviting you into a process. And so, God gives us these next invitations to respond to. He's called us to live this holy life. Now, he says it's a holy life. Why? Because it's a, it's a summons to share in this blessed relationship that we have with Jesus. This communion we have with Jesus. This prayer we, we have with Jesus. This worship we have with Jesus. This fellowship we have with Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1.9. This is the same word Paul uses when he's talking to the Corinthians. He says, God is faithful who has called you, who's invited you 
into fellowship with the Son. Let's just stop there for a second. He's telling us that as we focus on this, he's telling us that we are invited into this relationship with Jesus. He doesn't say you're invited to achieve 500 things and find your purpose. Now, how much of our focus is on our purpose? It's great to know your purpose. It's great to know what you're made for. It's great to know the gifts that are on your life. It's great to have people affirm those. It's great to see those bring success and, and achievement into our life. But, but what is the very purpose for your purpose? It's that God has invited you into fellowship with him. Okay, think about this. God wants to share life with you. The creator of the universe wants to share life with you and with I. And he wants to make your life holy. And he wants to have a relationship with you. You know, when you're around someone, just by default, you kind of pick up some of their mannerisms or their lingo or their language or their slang or their humor. You know, when you work around certain people, there may be things you didn't think were funny that now you think they're funny because you're around that person. You know, there are certain words maybe you didn't use before that you learned from other people. You know, you, you pick up different things from people. Um, if you've ever seen maybe at a restaurant where there's a waiter and right next to them they have a waiter in training. And if you notice this waiter in training stands there like a statue and says nothing. It's almost as if they can't speak, you know, they just are commanded to just be quiet and watch what's happening in that moment, okay? Basically, the, the one that's training them is saying, do what I do. Say what I say, respond how I respond, look for what I look for, ask for what I ask, because he's in training. He's following the person that he's there in relationship with to make him good at what he's created and called to do in that moment. And in the same way, this is how it is with Jesus. From the moment God saves us, he says, follow me. Not, hey, go out and build and achieve and accomplish. That comes later. Right now, stay with me. Follow me. In fact, stay with me all the way. Abide, remain. Don't, don't depart. Don't do your own thing. Don't do this apart from me. Stay with me. Follow me. And he begins this transformation in our lives to change us into this holy reflection of himself. I mean, when was the last time you thought that God's ultimate goal for your life is not what you do for him, but what he does in you. That, that the goal is, is not how much you achieve, but that you have a full understanding of how much he's achieved for you. And to respond to that, are you guys okay this morning? See, so much of our focus in Western culture is what we're doing for God rather than what God has already done for us. Now, why is that? It's because we, we live in a culture of achievement, right? You're, you're valued, you're appreciated, and you're rewarded for what you do. We don't have a lot of respect in this, in this country for people who don't do anything, right? What do we call them? Freeloaders, <laughs> right? We don't like it at work. You know, especially a new person comes in, you know, they're doing nothing, you're still doing everything, they're not picking up their fair share. We don't like that, Right? We know we're working hard. We want them to work hard. 
We know we're trying to earn ours. We want them to earn theirs, right? We, we understand that, right? But, but what happens is that mentality spills over into our, our spiritual journey. Just by default, I think just by being part of this Western culture. You'll see this when you go to other countries. People are, are like, why are you so stressed? <laughs> you need to chill. <laughs> why are you so fat? Why, why is everything on a, on a clock? Why is everything on a schedule? Like, why aren't you? <laughs> Right, we're almost offended by it. And I think it spills over into so many people's anxiety about God because what happens by default is you always find yourself asking, am I doing enough? Have I done enough? What do I need to do next? What is God saying? It becomes this anxious, busy, frantic, doing things for God relationship instead of in his presence there's fullness of joy. Instead of follow me, instead of fellowship with Jesus. See, we don't use that, that word, fellowship, right? I don't say, hey, you want to go to the game and fellowship? That'd be so weird. <laughs> what are you doing tonight? I'm just going out to the game, going to hang with the guys in fellowship. We don't use that word. It's not a common word. It's a Bible word. It's a biblical word. And it has far deeper meaning than hanging out. See, hanging out is hanging out. It's surface. Even if it has a purpose, fellowship is something very different. And the biblical understanding of that word, koinonia, is something that's, it's a Greek word. It's so different than what we're used to. And when it comes to Jesus, it, it's, it's this common union, this relationship we have with God. There's depth to it. There's beauty to it, right? And in that communion from God, in that communion with God, we find he brings us to our next invitation, the invitation to follow him into what's next. See, you'll get to what's next, but following him is the way he wants us to get there. See, here's the thing. He's preparing you for what's next by making you holy. You ever get somewhere and think you're prepared for it and you find out you're not? A relationship, a child, a job, a marriage. Let's go a level deeper. The stress of what comes with all of those things, the pressure that comes with all of those things, the questions that come with all of those things. Did I make the right decision? See, God wants to bring us to this place where we're in such fellowship with him that when we get to these places, we're trusting him. We're trusting him. See, if you're calling from God as an invitation, then ask yourself these questions, okay? What is God doing in you right now? Let's think for a second, maybe that not what you're doing for God, but maybe what God is doing in you, which means we've got to open the hood. And we've got to say, okay, what am I really going through right now? What am I experiencing? Is it fear? Can you put a name to it? Is it fear? Is it anxiety? Is it hatred? Is it bitterness? What are the things going on in you right now? Those are the things God's trying to put his finger on. Those are the things God's trying to draw you close to him in and to draw you closer to himself. See, following Jesus is to constantly be invited to new things. Sometimes it's things you thought were already done. Things he already thought he dealt with in you. Ooh, I'm so glad God dealt with that in my life. And then it resurfaces a year later. Oh, man, I thought this was done. <laughs> nope. Still some more work to do. 
See, to follow Jesus is to, to constantly be invited into these new places and these new spaces with God. On your job, out of town, on a plane, in a hotel, with your family, with the relative you don't get along with, with the coworker you don't get along with. It's in those places and spaces God is inviting you into new things with him. See, our, our prayers are limited. This is what we say. God, take the problems out of my life. Amen. God, fix this. Amen. God, change them. Not me. Them. Amen. God, sort this out, please. Amen. God, I'm going through this. Amen. Our prayers stop short of even inviting God into the process that maybe he's brought us into. And it's in those places and spaces that God is wanting to invite us to do something new, to trust him like we never trusted him before. See, when he's inviting us into something, it's going to require a new level of faith. It's going to require a new level of trust. Sometimes God's bringing you into things that you've never even been in before. It's not just a new job. It's a new level of trust. It's not a different career. It's a new level of faith. It's not starting your own business. It's a new level of obedience. It's more than what we always think it is. Some of you are going to have to listen to this message again because you're kind of getting it and you're kind of not. I'm telling you, this, this will save you stress for years to come. Let me save you from the stress I have caused myself and my wife and probably many other people. Right? In Colossians chapter 2, Paul is speaking again to, the, to, to people, to the church. And he says, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies, high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Okay, I want to talk about this first point here. Your next invitation from God is going to require determination. Whatever God invites you into next, Whatever process with him, not apart from him, whatever he invites you into with him, it's going to require determination in your soul. Determination that's birthed in your soul to be able to push through it, to be able to get through it, to be able to fight through it, to be able to hear God in it, it's going to require determination. I'm getting this from verse 6. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him, to continue to follow him, not to make a decision and then go on your own, right? To continue. There's this continual relationship that we have, this fellowship with God, right? Anyone can, can begin a relationship with Jesus, but it's following him. It's continuing this fellowship with him, right? Anyone can begin a marriage. It's continuing in that sanctity of marriage and the beauty of that marriage and the love in that marriage. Anyone can begin a friendship, Okay? but it takes determination. I sat with a guy this week and we were talking and we, we hadn't caught up in you know, 15, 16 years and we were talking about just different life stages and you know, we were discussing how over, over time some people just leave your life. Like our lives kind of got you know, busy and we just went different directions, but, but there are times there are people that are with you and then they're just gone. 
Sometimes you don't even know why. You don't know if it's something you did. You don't know if it's something they did. You don't know if, you, you just don't know. Anybody ever had that before? Friends and relationships. And you, you question, you know, well, what did I do? What, what's wrong with me? I think I'm a nice guy. What happened? Right? Like, did I say something? Did I do something? And I was, well, I was discussing with him just the, the natural trajectory of life and growth, how, how even times when you reconnect with those people, sometimes it's different because you're different and they're different and life is different and times have changed. And you're better to pick up where you are than try to recapture what was. And with Jesus, we have to have this determination not to lose with him through the seasons. Not to disconnect with him for the last six months because we've just been doing these things on our own. Not to fall away from community, his church, his body, because we've been busy. Not, not, not to fall away from prayer because we're just so busy. You see these excuses that we have. These are things that we formulate and we, and we justify them with our achievements. And God is saying, hey, hey, y'all are looking at me kind of mad today. So be cool, okay? It's his word, all right? He's inviting you into relationship. He's inviting you into this season. See, feeling like you want to quit means you're human, but pushing through your feelings means you're determined. And if you could center yourself on that, I know what I'm feeling, I know what I'm experiencing, and I know what I'm thinking, but God is inviting me into this level of trust, and it's scary. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I'm trusting him anyway. That's a determined individual. It's a determined place in your life, okay? Everything that you want to see fulfilled in your life, everything that is a God-given dream is going to require more than an emotional attachment. More than an emotional attachment. We got to help a younger generation with this. You see this all the time. Big news coming next Tuesday. Stay posted. What are they doing? Well, that sounds exciting. What is it? And then you never hear it again, right? And what happened to that thing you were going to do? Oh, I mean, that, yeah, that didn't work out. Well, why'd you say anything? Well, because I thought this, yeah, but you got everybody in your network excited about something that didn't happen. And you can get away with that once or twice in your 20s. You pull that nonsense in your 30s, people are like, man, this guy hadn't grown up yet, man. Get, get out of here. Pull it in your 40s, people think you're crazy. Big news coming. What, you're going to keep your commitment? Is that what it is? You're going to follow through? See, determination is key. It's so key to our relationship with God. God doesn't need new promises from you. He needs you to follow through on the last ones. Just follow through. Follow through with obedience. Follow through with purity. Follow through with hope. Follow through with transparency. Follow through with vulnerability. Be open about where you are. Who cares what people think? They'll be dead someday. They won't be thinking anymore. Who cares what they think? They will be dead. Who cares what they think? Your God cares more about what you think. Take it to him, right? See, see don't, don't make the mistake that so many people make in, in just thinking romantically about what it is they're called to or what it is they're going to do. These romantic feelings, yeah, big news coming. God's going to do this. God. Oh, I'm excited about life. Oh, hang on a second. You're going to have to stay committed to that thing. The very thing that you're committing to requires commitment. The very thing that you're committed to requires determination. 
The very thing you're committed to is actually God's deposit in you. You didn't actually come up with this. You're not that smart. In fact, what God's trying to do is make you holy through this thing. <laughs> look, look at your track record and be honest with yourself about who or what distracts you. Come on, what, what do you find yourself? Like, this is why I don't announce to people that I'm working out again, because I know I'm not going to stick with it. <laughs> I'm not going to set myself up for that again. No way. Rob's going to give me a fist bump. Hey, I saw you working out, man. He runs a gym. He's going to be like, hey, man, proud of you. I'm going to be like, yeah, I didn't do it this week. Man. Yeah. 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 I lifted more tacos than I lifted weights. It's just the truth. I'm confessing right now, all right? You got to know what your track record is about who or what comes into your life to distract you. What gets in the way? Who gets in the way? Sometimes it's you who gets in the way. Right? So your next invitation requires determination. Okay, your next invitation from God requires a strong foundation. Requires a strong foundation to be set on and settled into something. Look, in verse 7 he says, let your roots grow down into him. Let your roots grow down into God. Let this relationship be so deep that the roots are so deep, so broad, so wide, so spread out that they... It's built into him. Have you ever seen videos when someone is excavating, like they, they take a tree out of the ground? And it doesn't just, just take the small circle around the trunk of the tree. It literally rips out pieces of the ground, 20 feet, 30 feet. I'm talking about big trees that have been there forever. Sometimes when they're connected to the house, it'll rip up concrete. You can rip up half of your house by pulling a tree next to your house. right? And so you see that. Why? Because the roots have grown deep. And it's not easy to pull those things out. That's a symbol for our life. Psalms, it talks about our, our, our lives being like a tree planted by rivers of living water. Right? We're, we're, we talk about in the word where it's, we're, we're to be flourishing in our older years. Come on, I want to be flourishing in my older years. Right? They're already here anyway, so I might as well flourish in them. <laughs> I want to flourish in these things. I don't just want to be tripping along every couple of weeks. Oh, I'm doing great. Now I'm gone for six months. Okay, no, I'm doing great. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm back again in this place. Look, it's going to take a strong foundation to, to stand on, okay? Look, if you nourish a plant, it'll grow, right? It's the same in our relationship with God. If you nourish your relationship with God, it will grow. If you nourish that invitation from Jesus, it will grow. Let me, let me, let me help the people who, uh, if you um, call yourself a people person, okay? That, that's what I am. And I am most alive when I'm in, around, and with people. And over the years, I've discovered that I can fall into unhealthy patterns when I'm not around people because I'm not busy. And I've had to let God slow me down at times to say, hang on. People aren't your source. People aren't your strength. I'm your strength for them. And without me, you have nothing to give them. So nourish from me and you'll be healthy for them. Get nothing from me and you'll give nothing to them. Nothing that lasts. 
And so it's a discipline for me to be alone. I'll be honest with you. COVID was, was really difficult for a lot of people. You know what it was for me? Very helpful in many ways. Because for the first time, I was not running on a train track at 150 miles an hour, making excuses for different things. And I learned how to be a lot more by myself. Maybe too much right now, but I'm catching up for old times. I don't do coffee with everyone. I don't do lunch with everyone. I don't have every meeting. I don't answer every text. I don't answer every email. I don't go to every conference. I don't speak everywhere. This is what I say. I'll pray about it. Sometimes that just means no, but I'm actually going to try and pray about it just to see, just in case. But if, if it's something I know I, I can't really do, okay, what's more important to me is my relationship with God my relationship to my children, my wife, my staff, my pastors, the people who are, depend on me right now, and then the congregation, and then it goes on and on and on, right? And this includes family and, and friends and people I haven't seen in a long time. Look, if I'm not nourished, I'm giving out of an empty tank. I'm connecting with you for coffee, but I've got nothing in the tank. And I've done that plenty of times over the years. I'm there, but I'm not really good while I'm there. And I had to recognize that and, and change some things. And I still find myself changing that sometimes. And I was like, man, I, 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 I've got, I can't meet with anybody this week. I need this week to recoup. That's what I need. I don't need to be Superman here. I need to be faithful to nourish my relationship with God. See, roots take time to grow, right? So we have to stop seeing God only as a problem fixer. And see him as the one who wants to nourish us when we meet with him. See, he wants to say something to us when we meet with him. He wants to be with us when we meet with him. The God of the universe wants to be with you. Jesus wants to be with you. Come on, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that more important than anything we could ever do for him? The fact that the God of the universe wants to spend time with us. Last point, we'll close with this. Your next invitation requires the right thoughts and the right voices. The right thoughts and the right voices. In verse 8, there of Colossians, he says, don't let anyone, it doesn't matter who they are, friends, family, people you've known for 30 years, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies with high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking, from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. Okay? I'm going to say this as gently as possible, but you are susceptible to wrong thoughts and wrong voices. I don't care who you are, how old you are, how educated you are. You are susceptible to wrong thoughts and wrong voices. Jesus himself found himself tempted by Satan and his lust and his wrong thoughts and his wrong voice. We're not able to escape this. Like we don't get to say, well, because we've been in the faith for so long or because we go to church or because we've been in the word that somehow the wrong voices don't speak. When Jesus was almost at his holiest moment there, spending time fasting, it's, that's when he, the enemy comes, when he's been leaning into God the Father. When he's leaning into God the most, Satan comes. And listen to what the scriptures say about that time. That when Jesus used the word of the Lord, the word of God, 
to combat the enemy. It says, then the devil left him for a more opportune time. In other words, he's coming back. (laughs) Not right now, but at a time of opportunity. And Satan's thoughts and voice were before Jesus. And if they were before Jesus, they will be before us. And sometimes it comes through people. You aren't living in a natural world. You're living in a supernatural world. You're living in a spiritual world. Our children are living in a spiritual, supernatural world. They're susceptible. We have to pray for the minds of our children. We have to pray for their, not just their hearts, but their minds that are under attack. With all the filth and the craziness that we see going on right now, it shouldn't surprise us. It's a war out there. So why would the enemy come after the strong? No, he's going to go after the young ones. He's going to go after the weak. It's how he's always done this. Even, you know, what, what, did, what did we see in the Bible? They wanted to kill the firstborn from the very offset of the birth of Jesus. Like there's always opportunity there for the enemy to go after the young. You and I are constantly up against the voice of culture. Culture, we'll close with this. Culture tries to make God helpful, but not holy. This is what culture wants to do. God, he's a helper. Okay, but he's also holy. He's not your personal servant. He's holy. And he's called me to a holy life. And he's called you to a holy life. He's, he's not just the God who helps. He's the God who's holy, right? Culture tries to make life's calling self-centered instead of Christ-centered. This is about me. This is about my life. This is about my goals. This is about my achievements. This is about my purpose. No. This is about God and his purpose in you. And His pur- Everything God has given you is a gift to steward. Your talent is a gift. Your personality is a gift. Your lack of personality is a gift. Your kindness is a gift. Your skills are a gift. You're stewarding these things for the good and the glory of God. These things come from God. Culture tries to make God's grace cheap so that we live in sin instead of expensive because sin was crucified on the cross. Culture tries to demean these things, but if you get along with God, I promise you, He will stir things in you that lead you to reflect more of Him, to look more like Him. You're constantly up against the voice of opinions, culture, wrong thoughts, wrong voices, okay? But to answer the question, or to ask again the question I asked at the beginning, what if God is trying to do something unique and different in you in this season? What if God is bringing you into your next invitation to listen to him, to learn from him, to respect what people are saying, but to understand he wants to say something and do something different. Remember last week, for those of you, if you didn't catch the podcast, please listen to it. One of the most important messages I think I've ever preached. It defines my whole history of salvation and what God has done in how I even came to do what I'm doing. One of the things my aunt said that I will never, never forget. I mean, this opened up so much understanding for me when she reaffirmed this. She was talking about her alcoholic husband for seven years she'd been praying for for him to come to know the Lord 
They've been married 11 years. Then she got saved. Then for seven years, she's plowing through this marriage with, a, with four kids, praying for God to do something, believing he would do something. And she gets to the point where she says, you know, I'm done, God. I'm done. I've had enough. Release me from this marriage. She says, that's seven years. God taught her how to serve, honor, and love her husband. It's nuts. She said he would come in drunk and sit at the table and I would serve him coffee. God would say to me, she goes, a pastor didn't tell me to do this. I didn't hear this from the word of God. God said, serve your husband coffee. I said last week, in this generation, we kick you out and cancel you and delete you and tell everybody about you because we don't have patience for God to work. Now, I know that's not everybody's story, not everybody's case. I'm just saying, for my aunt, this is what she had to walk through. Said so God said, I want to teach you to honor him. I'm going to teach you how to respect him. I'm going to teach you how to love him like I love him. She did this for seven years until one day he came home broken, saved, changed, and said, yeah, God, God's changed me. Their whole life changed after that. The lineage of what happened after that. I, t- I talked about this last week. You gotta hear this if you didn't hear this. He saved my aunt, my uncle, then my mom, then my dad, then my other aunt, then my other uncle, then my other aunt, and the kids have been raised in the house of the Lord. Now here's something I learned last week. It crossed over into my father's family because I just found out this week that it was my mother who led another aunt on my dad's side to the Lord, and then they, she led her husband to the Lord. <laughs> Like, all of this crossover of what God is saying. And they're still in the faith. Faithful part of church. I mean, I I just can't tell you. When God is inviting you into something, it affects generations. This is not just about the job. This is not just about the money. This is not just about the marriage. God's inviting you into something. You get an opportunity. You get an opportunity to steward this. What if God is doing something different? Come on, respond to his next invitation. Father, we thank you this morning for your great invitation. The one you gave us to save us. The one you gave us to draw us in, to draw us out, to call us, to make us holy. Father, I pray for everyone in Grace Avenue Church this morning. I pray for all of us, God, that we would be people who hear your voice, that we respond to your invitation, that we take time away as you did with the Father, Lord, to hear the heart of the Father, to hear what you want us to hear, to do what you want us to do, to move when you say move, to go when you say go, to wait when you say wait, to stop when you say stop, to withdraw when you say withdraw to push through when you tell us to push through. Give us the strength, God, in these invitations. And God, and I pray for everybody's next invitation from you, Lord. God, that it would be clear what they are to do. That they'd be clear on what decision they should make. Father, for some people here where your answer for them is to be still, God. Teach them to be still. Teach them to sit in your presence. Teach them to sit in the secret place of the Most High. To abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
with everyone keeping their head bowed and their eyes closed this morning, if I could ask this morning, in the stillness of where we are in this moment, do you sense an invitation from God for what is next? For you, for a transition you need to make, for your marriage, for your soul, for your finances, for the ministry God wants to birth in you and through you, for the things He wants to heal in you. hold of that right now take hold of that thought take hold of that invitation don't let today be a message that passes you by take action for those of you right now for this verse came to mind though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil you may have to walk through the valley but it's a shadow of death it's not death it's distraction it's testing this whole life is a test God we thank you for strengthening your people right now who are walking through the valley. God, cover them with your strength. Give them strength to stand in this time of need. Give them strength to love in this time of need. Give strength where they are weak. Give strength where people are confused. Center them, Lord God. If I could just take a moment here. If you just sense right now that that is for you, 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 you sense you're walking through the valley right now, the shadow of death. I don't know if it's business related. I don't know if it's physical. I don't know if it's a job situation. You're just walking through this valley and you just need someone to just agree with you. Would you just lift your hand so I could just see who I'm praying, praying for? Well, just raise it high so I could see. A lot of people walking through this right now. Think about what it's like to carry that okay let's give it to the Lord this morning before we leave come on let's offload this 
This is why the Bible says not to, to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, that we should encourage each other towards love and good works because there's so much that each one of us is going through at different times and different seasons. Yeah, maybe you're not going through it right now, but somebody else is. And we get to be the strength for people. One of the blessings of having gone through so much pain and difficulty and sorrow is that I get to help other people in their pain and difficulty and sorrow. I know what to say and I know what not to say. So God, be with your people this morning. Thank you for the strength that you're giving them. Lord, encourage them that you are with them. Lord, as you invite them into new, fresh relationship with you right now, in this season, God, may they respond with passion, Lord. May they run to you, God, to be comforted, to be healed, to grow, to be encouraged, Lord. Strengthen them by your mighty right hand. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everyone say Amen, amen, amen. Well, I pray that that word blessed you. If you'd like to know more about Grace Avenue Church or want to know more about how to be a part of what God has called us to here in the city of San Antonio, or if you'd like to sow financially into our vision and mission, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks so much for listening. We hope to see you soon.